Good Sunday afternoon to you on a snowy Sunday afternoon in Minneapolis. Um, also a day of a big football game, but uh, that's not what I'm here to talk about. Hello, hello. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, the host of this fine show, Hidden Edges Radio. For those who have never listened to this show before, um, yes, my name is Ellen. Yes, I am a woman. Yes, you are hearing a man's voice because I am transgender, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Not proud about the voice, but you know what? There are just some things we have to put up with. I am thrilled to be here. We've got a great show ahead of us. We are live. We are live, live, live. So if you're on Facebook, you can see us right now. I'm waving at you. And I have a guest here in the room um, who I've had before, but we have have him back. We have Zaylor Stout, who is an employment lawyer, employment law lawyer here in Minneapolis. Zaylor, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. I'm really thrilled to have you here back on Hidden Edges Radio uh, and... Again, for new listeners, our show is about surviving the human condition. It's about literally the fact that all of us, as you're listening right now, all of us are struggling to survive this thing we call the human condition. Everyone, even me, yep, even the great Ellie Krug. All right, today's show is about employment law, but specifically, we are talking about... Um, Workplace sexual harassment. Zaylor, give us just uh, 30 seconds of what kind of law you practice and uh, tell us a little bit about your practice so that the audience knows. Uh, um, and by the way, call in. We <laughs> want to take your calls. Not that Zaylor can give you legal advice and handle a case for you over the air, but please call in. We've got, we're looking for callers at 952-946-6205. Please call. Call us. I'm live. I love being live. Okay, Zayla, go ahead. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Um, so I have my own law practice at Zayler Stoughton Associates, and we focus on labor and employment law matters. So that includes discrimination, sexual harassment, wrongful termination, and wage and hour type disputes. All right. And you as well, um, you practice on both sides of the fence. You represent employers as well as employees. Is I that do. Right? I do. Yes. That's an oddity in the business. It is. It so, is. And, I'm a and, rare breed. And, um, you know, you know, I used to be a trial lawyer, civil yes. trial lawyer, for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. I did employment law. I did it on both sides of the fence, more heavily on the defense side, on the employer side. But I was on both sides. My last big case was an employment case for a, a woman. So. All right. All right. So here's our topic. Workplace sexual harassment. We've all heard about the hashtag MeToo movement. We've, we've heard a lot about big, powerful men being pulled down. Um, we're, we've, we've heard about pol politicians being pulled down. What is sexual workplace sexual harassment, say, Laura? Um, well, workplace sexual harassment can be sliced up into two areas. There's quid pro quo sexual harassment and hostile work environment sexual harassment. Quid pro quo sexual harassment deals with a power differential. You have a manager, supervisor, somebody in some type of position of power, influence, and authority trying to get somebody beneath them to submit to sexual favors. Um, that kind of sexual harassment is pretty clear cut. Um, but then the other aspect is where all the gray areas tend to be, and that's the hostile work environment. So that's when you have um, an employee sexually harassing a coworker, so there's no power differential there. You have um, employees sexually harassing managers, so they're sexually harassing somebody that has more power and influence and authority over them. Or non-employees that are sexually harassing employees or employees sexually harassing non-employees. So all of those fall under the umbrella term of hostile work environment. Sure, and the non-employees could be like an independent contractor on site. Independent contractor, you could have the UPS driver, you know, any vendor, anybody that the employee has to come in contact with in order to be able to do their job. Okay, so we're, we're opening this up to a callers uh, because how often do you get to talk to an employment lawyer who... Um, is on both sides of the fence and who has a specialty dealing with workplace employment issues as well as sexual harassment. So the number is 952-946-6205. And if you've been a survivor of, the work, of workplace sexual harassment, give us a call. Tell us what steps did you take to deal with it? Or if you were a witness to such sexual harassment in the workplace, what did you do or not do? Give us a call. Um, we've got Zaylor, and he's uh, somebody that can answer your question and 
I'm uh, also a licensed attorney, although I'm not <laughs> here to practice law. So, and Zaylor, what um, uh, part of what we're seeing in the media about uh, about powerful people being brought down? We are seeing powerful be people being brought down, you know, very quickly since hashtag #MeToo is going has uh, launched, and it wasn't always that way. So, why? What is? Why is it happening so quickly to such powerful people? Well, um, I think part of it is, um, you know, people have kind of just had enough. Um, this is this has been prevalent for a long time, and um, with the you know with the Harvey Weinstein situation, and then the allegations against President Trump, um, and then you know the the women's march that happened after Trump was right. elected. I think people have just said enough is enough in regards to the silence as it relates to this issue. Um, you know. There are just, just so many women who have been subjected to this type of conduct over the course of their lifetime. Um, and it's like generationally, you know, mothers right. are talking about it with their daughters and right. grandmothers talking about it with their granddaughters. And people are just kind of fed up in regards to the status quo. And now they're speaking up and saying, hey, this is it. Well, and we've got a caller here, Will from New York. Ooh. Will, you're on the line. What Do you have a question Hi, or a how comment? How you doing? Good, real good. Good, good. So yeah, I have I have a question. Um, so, can members of the LGBT, uh, LGBT community have a sexual uh, harassment claims filed against them, uh, even if there's no sexual interest? All right. So the question, Zaylor, is somebody who's LGBTQ can they have a sexual harassment claim filed against them, even though they don't have a um, you know what would be an attraction to the person who's the complainer? Do I have that right, Will? That's what you're asking. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, correct. Absolutely. You know, I'm actually going to be writing an article about this because I think this is one of the big elephants in the room as it relates to the aspect of sexual harassment. And that is, you know, sexual harassment has less to do with sexual attraction and more has to do with power and, and things of that nature. And, um, you know, especially with a hostile work environment, sexual harassment, the definition the definition is so broad and vague that it, it's all about whatever makes somebody else feel uncomfortable. And so, you know, sometimes the interactions that and the conversations that members within the gay community have with their coworkers, um, if you look at it from a, a more, um, you know, corporate type of perspective, those aren't the type of conversations that should be happening. Um, and, you know, even outside of that, you have folks in the workplace who become friends with their coworkers and they're talking about Tinder and they're showing their last weekend's hookups and things of that nature that could easily give rise to a sexual harassment type situation. And so that's definitely something that members within the gay community need to be aware of because, you know, yes, a gay man can sexually harass a heterosexual straight woman in the workplace because if his conduct towards her makes her feel uncomfortable, she has the right to bring that forward and the employer has to look into that situation. So it's about being made uncomfortable, you know, and even though, I mean, you know, I'm LGBTQ, and it's like, hey, it's a big party sometimes. <laughs> okay, that was stereotypical, but I mean, I think that I think that many uh, gay men. That I mean, by the way, I love gay men, um, but I think that they, you know, they just uniformly believe they're adorable. Okay, so to get another stereotype, um, and and they're more willing, to, I think, to be open. And God love um, gay men that are willing to do that because I think that that helps everybody. But Will, you know, it's it's one of those situations. It's about bear, you know, there are lines, and many of those lines are invisible, and um, sometimes people trip over those lines, go over them without having any idea they've done that. Right, right. Yeah. And then the aspect, then the other thing too with sexual harassment is that, especially with the hostile work environment, sexual harassment that um, you know, at some point the person has to be put on notice that the conduct is unwelcome. So that's kind of how you get like kind of one bite at the apple, but then it depends on what the conduct is. So if somebody makes a, you know, a comment that, that makes the other person feel uncomfortable, that's gonna be different than a situation where somebody's grabbing somebody's butt. You know, companies have their zero tolerance policies as they relate to these issues, right. but the but the punishment has to fit the crime as it relates to the matter. And um, you know, and that's something that employers always are going to take into consideration when they're looking into these types of uh, complaints. Well, Will, thanks so much for calling. We really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for calling, Will. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a good day. Okay. So, so Zaylor, um, this companies, in terms of communicating this stuff about their policies, I mean, they need to communicate it. It has to be in writing. I mean, that helps for sure. 
um, and they need to make sure that they're training and educating their workforce. Is that correct? Yes. And and the tough part is that, you know, when an employee is hired, they more often than not, there's the onboarding process and you provide them with a company handbook. Employees don't read the company handbook. They don't. You know, um, but they can be tested on the company handbook. They can, but <laughs> but it's incumbent upon employers that if they really want employees to take this seriously, that they specifically go over this particular policy as it relates to not only sexual harassment but discrimination and the like, so that they're well aware of what it is and what type of conduct is and is not going to be allowed in the workplace. Okay, well, and and uh, and it sometimes employers do fall down on the job. They don't educate their employees and or they don't test their employees. You know, I go in to workplaces a great deal and do human inclusivity training. But many times what that is, it's a one-off. It's just somebody wants to bring in, wants to check a box, yep. say, you know, I mean, I love my clients for sure, but many of them just want to check a box, say we did this training and they right. go on. And the, really the key is consistency and repetition as it relates to values by culture leaders, values about inclusivity, values about respect. So, Gaylor, we're going to, uh, excuse me, Zaylor, I keep doing that. Zaylor, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. I see we've got a caller. Caller, we'll come back to you when we come back from our break. You've been listening to Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio. I've been speaking to Zaylor Stout with Zaylor Stout and Associates about sexual harassment in the workplace. If you like what you hear, um, email me at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. Let me know what you like. Um, you can also visit my website at elliekrug.com. When we come back, we'll talk more with Zaylor Stout about um, sexual harassment in the workplace. Thank you. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Fact is, it's January in Minnesota, and we spend a lot more time indoors. And we're breathing a lot of dry indoor winter air. But don't worry, Standard Heating has the solution. If you install a new furnace this January, you'll not only stay warm and comfortable, you'll also get your choice of a free air purifier or humidifier. Oh, and Standard Heating also offers 0% interest and $0 down on approved credit. Suddenly, this winter doesn't look so bad. Find out more at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. If you're someone that counts on AM950 to bring you the latest in progressive politics, news, and talk, remember, we can't do it alone. Support our many great advertisers and let them know you heard about their business on AM950. If you don't know who to talk to, simply write AM950 on your receipt. AM950 is supported by small, local businesses, so you're not only helping us and those businesses, but our local economy as well. For a complete list of our sponsors, log on to am950radio.com. Mashad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mashad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mashad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. What do we do with the cars and trucks that are donated to Auto Technical? We help families with transportation. Sometimes they break down in tears, they're so relieved. Kids jumping around saying, oh, now we can go see Grandma. Do something great. Donate that car or truck to Auto Technical. Call me. Call Auto Technical at 612-919-5526 or online at autotechnical.org.
And we're back. You're listening to Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio on AM 950. My guest is Zaylor Stout. He is a lawyer who specializes in employment law. We've been talking about the subject of workplace sexual harassment. We've got, is it Howard on the line? Hello. Yes, it's Howard. Howard, how are you? I'm doing well on this snowy day. <laughs> Good. Well, thanks for calling. Do you have a question for Zaylor on workplace, sex, workplace sexual harassment? I do. It's a two-part question. As an employer, what kind of evidence would I need to defeat a claim against me? And as an employee, what kind of evidence would I need to bring forward to prevail on a sexual harassment claim? Okay. All right. So, Zaylor, that is... You know, I've done enough employment law to know that that answer could take 20 minutes. So if you could give us the 10,000-foot answer, that would be really good. Well, um, from from an employer, in order to be able to defend, um, more often than not, the employer has to be able to show that they have a policy as it relates to this. And, and it's going to depend on whether it's, you know, the conduct is coming from a manager or supervisor, if the conduct's coming from an employee. Um, so let's say it's from an employee that the employer had a policy as it relates to this, um, that the employer has an internal complaint procedure, and that once the complaint was brought forward, that the employer took appropriate, you know, investigatory matters um, in, at hand, and then um, held the person to the same standard that they would hold others in the organization. So that's the long and the short of it in regards to it. They have to do something. You know, when you hear about these multi-million dollar lawsuits being paid out in sexual harassment claims. With, with, when, the, when it's in an employment-type context, um, that's always when the employer clearly was put on notice and they didn't do anything to protect right. the person. Well, that's like the Fox News thing. Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. And then for the plaintiff, you know, as much evidence as possible, it's having, you know, contemporaneous witnesses. It's, it's um, you know, any type of writing. So, you know, text messages and emails and Facebook messages and videos and all these types of things. All this evidence is super helpful as it relates to it. The difficult part with sexual harassment complaints is a lot of times, more often than not, it's a he said, she said situation and there's no other evidence. Right. It's a lot of times they're not witnesses or the witnesses, no witnesses. are afraid to come forward, that type of thing. And that gets tough because, you know, when you have witnesses that have seen this type of conduct happen and then they're fearful of moving forward because they believe that they may be retaliated against and they're thinking about right. their livelihood and being able to provide money and, and food on the table for their families, people sometimes are less likely to speak up. And that's what makes it difficult in regards to trying to prevent this type of conduct from happening in the workplace because, you know, those people aren't coming and speaking up like they are now with the Me Too campaign. Right. Although retaliation is illegal under Minnesota law as well as federal law. Correct. Howard, thanks so much for your call. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. Um, we're, taking Thank call, you, we're taking callers at 952-946-6205. Please give us a call. How often do you get to talk to an employment lawyer about um, workplace sexual harassment? So I've got a question for you, Zaylor. Yes. Uh, Zaylor, excuse me. And that is this. Once a harasser, always a harasser. Yes? No. 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 Okay. You know, I've been doing this for over 16 years, done, done my share of workplace investigations. And um, what, I've, what I've noticed is more often than not, the person doesn't know that the conduct that they engaged in makes the other person feel uncomfortable. And so sometimes it's putting them on notice as it relates to that. Um, a lot of times as well, employees don't know that their conduct rises to the level of what sexual harassment is or isn't. And it's because employers have these policies in their handbooks and they're not talking about them. They're not right. actually training them in they're regards to what it is, giving, showing them examples in regards to what is and isn't sexual harassment. You know, you have a college student that just, you know, this is their first job. They have no idea what sexual harassment is or isn't. You know, and then they see, you know, an attractive girl. Well, they girl. should have an idea. They should. But, um, you know, if it's their first job or first or second job, you know, and they see somebody in the workplace that they think is attractive, they're like, oh, great, I'm going to go hit on them. And no, you know, this is the place for work. This isn't a place for you to pick up. And and so it's incumbent upon the employers to make sure that they're training their staff and letting them know what type of conduct is and is not allowed in the workplace. All right, great. So um, we're speaking to Zaylor Stout. We're taking calls at 952-946-6205. Give us a call. Give us a chance to answer your questions. Um, we would love a perplexing, um, you know, kind of uh, fact pattern to talk about. So mm -hmm. by all means, give us a call at 952-946-6205. So, Zaylor, I want to also ask you, what's it like for you to represent somebody who's accused of harassment, um, sexual harassment in the workplace, 
And 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 in doing that, I mean, how do you approach the you know the survive what I call the survivor, the one who is the accuser? Mm-hmm. I mean, is your approach, you know, um, to I mean, sometimes we see in the work, you know, in the law that um, the accuser is the one who is victimized by the lawyer. The lawyer comes back and, and attacks the accuser as being unreliable or being a liar or whatever. I mean, and of course, that, that minimizes the potential for more people to come forward when they saw that Sally had to go through that, you know, last year. So how, what is your approach? How do you often um, defend your employment cases? Well, um, luckily, at, um, uh, civil attorneys get to pick their cases. So, you know, if 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 I'm, you know, presented with a case where um, it's clear that the defendant violated, you know, the employer's pol- um, the employee's rights in the workplace, um, you know, my job is to call a spade a spade and, and call them out on the carpet as it relates to it. And those tend to be the cases that end up settling out of court. Because those aren't the types of cases that you want to move forward and get in front of a jury because you're thinking about, you know, who's going to be in that jury pool? It's not going to be owners of companies. It's not going to be managers of companies. It's going to be employees. It's going to be retirees. And, 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 and you're looking at the witness and you're, and you're looking at the, the alleged victim is what I would say as well. Um, is, you know, how credible are they going to be on the stand as it relates to that? So, you know, my job is to be able to evaluate all the facts as a, as as brought forward in regard to the circumstance and determine, you know, whether rights have been violated. And if I feel rights have been violated, try to get out of the situation as soon as possible because the longer that it gets drawn out, the more money it's going to end up costing the client in the long right. run. Right, right. Well, um, and we'd love to hear from callers about this. Um, have you had any interaction with a, either a plaintiff's or a defense lawyer in the employment setting where sexual harassment was the issue? Give us a call at 952-946-6205. Um, and Zaylor, we're going to have to take a break in a second here, but I want to throw at least a question to you to consider while we take our break, which is this. Mm. What, what roles do apology and forgiveness play in the workplace relative to sexual harassment? Important question. You know, and um, when we come back from our break, I'd really like to hear. um, We're going to have one more segment with uh, Zaylor. So if you're waiting to give us a call, don't wait. Um, (laughs) Again, the number is 952-946-6205. When we come back from our break, we will talk about apology and forgiveness. And I've got to tell you, I am... You know, as a transgender woman, Zaylor, I, you know, I am, it's such a different world on this side of the fence compared to when I was a rich white, you know, male with a lot of power. And now I am, I'm still white, so I have a much privilege, Mm -hmm. but I'm female and I'm trans. And so I have this place in a marginalized community. And I've got to tell you, the perspective is so incredibly different about how men interact with women. And I'm learning things and seeing things I never knew before. Maybe we can talk about that when we come back from our break. I'd love it. You've been listening to me, Ellen Krug, one of only a handful of transgender radio hosts in the world with Hidden Edges Radio on AM 950. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, or email me at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll speak some more with Zaylor Stout about... Workplace sexual harassment. Thank you. Chocolat Celeste is a true celebration. This is Colette, and we've created two themed chocolate collections for this year's football playoffs. These chocolates are the world's finest artisan chocolates with distinct, unforgettable flavors that will sweeten your team's victory and soften the sting of defeat. Having a party? Skull! Check out our football-themed chocolates. We're an approved vendor through the NFL Business Connect program. Call 651-644-3823 or visit chocolatecelest.com. Robert Burrill here, looking to add some comedy to your Saturday nights? Tune in to Laughing Matters right here on AM 950 at 7 p.m. to join myself along with the funniest comedians in the Twin Cities for an hour of topical social commentary and blatant self-promotion. Laughing Matters is brought to you by Stand Up Records, the recording label of the best comedians in the country, from Doug Stanhope to Hannibal Burris. Visit them online at www.standupcraft.com. 
Hey, Minnesota, Norman Goldman here. The furniture business is one of those industries that's full of fake sales and false discounts. This is the age of the hashtag illegitimate fake president, and haven't you been lied to enough? That's why you need to check out Habitation Furnishing and Design. Habitation offers some of the coolest furniture in Minneapolis at fair prices every day. No fake sales, no phony discounts, just honest, intriguing, and really unique furniture. Check out Habitation on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park or visit HabitationDesign.com. Um, hello. If your taxes from years past are talking to you from the back of that drawer in your desk, it might be about time you answered the call by making a call to Moe's Tax Service in St. Paul. Time to come out now. They've been preparing tax returns and creating advisory-based relationships with their clients since 1971. Kind of stuffy in here. Problems with the IRS don't go away by ignoring them. Call Moe's Tax Service. That's M-O-H-S. They're on Ford Parkway in St. Paul. 612-721-2026. 721-2026. The local advertisers you hear on AM 950 are the lifeblood of the station. If you find yourself regularly tuning in, or if you appreciate the diversity of content we deliver, please take the time to support our advertisers. Even if it's just to thank them for backing AM 950, your voice and support can go a long way. Help keep the station going strong while investing in our local community. Find the complete list of on-air supporters by visiting the advertisers page at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, highs near 15, with wind chills as low as negative 15. Expect 1 to 2 inches of snow today. Tonight, lows around negative 4 wind chills as low as negative 19. Tomorrow will be cold and sunny with highs near zero. Lowry Hills Meats is your AM 950 restaurant of the week. Lowry Hills Meats is your neighborhood full-service butcher shop. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry. Sausages are made fresh and in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis. And we're back on Hidden Edges Radio, AM 950. I'm just dancing here if you're watching on Facebook Live. I love my bumper music, and there's a reason why it's my bumper music. We've been speaking with attorney Zaylor Stout uh, about workplace sexual harassment. Um, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. And, um, and we're just, you know, it's, uh, this is the last segment where we'll be able to have uh, Zaylor here, <clears throat> excuse me, Zaylor, before we broke, we wanted, to, I asked you a question about the roles of apology and forgiveness. Where does, where do, where do those come into play here in, in the workplace relative to sexual harassment? You know, I found that a sincere apology can go an extremely long way as it relates to these types of situations. Um, you know, the analogy that I'd like to be able to point out is, you know, um, with Leanne Tweeden and her complaint against uh, Al Franken. You know, um, she has a radio show. You know, she came out with, the, um, you know, a review of the situation that that the situations that she was in with Al Franken um, and, and, and Al Franken had an apology for her and she accepted you know, his apology. And, um, you know, in the workplace, it can go a long way, especially given the fact that more often than not, the people have to, these people are going to have to work with each other. You know, they're going to have to continue to work with each other as it relates to that. And so, you know, an apology, you know, a mea culpa aspect of it is, is important from there. And then the forgiveness aspect is important as well. I'm going to come back to that, but let's take a call first. Oh. We've got Jennifer on the line from Minneapolis. Jennifer, do you have a question or a comment for Zaylor? Uh, I do. I um, I work in the public sector. I've seen um, interesting things in my six months in the public sector. So what is the responsibility of the employer to keep the employee comfortable or safe? And here is the scenario. Um, repeat um, visits for... Well, it's a university, so tutoring services. So a student receives tutoring services, and 
they take a sign to their tutor. Ah. They can find their email online and start asking them out um, via email. And the tutor's not comfortable tutoring anymore. So what do we, what's the employer's responsibility? Should the tutor have to continue tutoring such a person? Okay, so Jennifer, that is a really great question because it also talks about the way the workplace is today, which is not necessarily always within four walls. It's correct virtual or in a variety of settings. So Zaylor, what do you think about that scenario? Right. So, you know, employees have the right to bring these types of situations and issues to their employer's attention, and the employer has to do everything within their power to protect their employee. And so in this particular situation, there can be um, a direct discussion between the employer and, and the person being tutored in regards to indicating that their conduct is, is um, inappropriate and makes the tutor feel uncomfortable and, 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 and requests that they refrain from engaging in that type of conduct in the future. Um, otherwise, you know, the tutoring can be canceled or they can find another tutor um, for them. Um, so the employee needs to go to the employer and, you know, go to the university and say, hey, this is happening. I need, I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, will you, you know, will you intervene? Right. Because if the employee doesn't go to the employer, how's the employer supposed to know? You know, the employer has to be put on notice that something has to be done, that there's this particular given situation. And so um, I would recommend doing that. Again, documenting is always important. So it's not just picking up the phone and making a phone call because there's no tracking right. of that discussion. I think it's important to be able to send an email as well, if, even, if you, even if the discussion does happen over the phone, recapping the discussion right. that happened so that you have that documentation, that paper trail. But more often than not, if you inform the employer that this is what's going on and it's making you feel uncomfortable, they'll make the unnecessary changes and arrangements to be able to make sure that, um, that that's not something that continues in the future. Right. And if the employer doesn't do it, the employee should be sending emails saying, hey, I emailed you last week about this. This hasn't been changed. Nobody's gotten back to me. And that's about creating a record. Correct. Of the employer not acting. Right. And there's always a chain of command, too. So you direct right. report it to your direct supervisor. They don't do anything. There's HR. There's their boss. Go up the chain of command as it relates to it. Um, you know, and then worst case scenario, if, if nothing happens, you know, after you've gone through the, your chain of command, you know, there's always the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, there's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and there's, again, always plaintiff's attorneys lawyers. out there. That's <laughs> right. Jennifer, thanks so much for your call. We've Thank got, you, Jennifer. We've got Chris on the line from Illinois. Chris, what's your question or comment? Hi. Hi. Uh, well, first of all, thanks. I just want to say thanks for talking about this issue, and thanks, Vaylor, for standing up uh, for the rights of many people. Uh, my question is basically: I've heard the talk of employment, um, sexual harassment, but my question is: Do you think that sexual harassment begins prior to, um, or less, yeah, prior to a person actually becoming employed? Do you think it's something that is just like ingrained in the person that makes them believe that they can do this? Huh. And do you have any suggestions or solutions on how we can actually begin to stem it at that point before it even makes its way into the workplace? Yeah, we should be talking about this in kindergarten. That's what, <laughs> you know, that would be my response. But, Zaylor, what do you think about this question? I mean, how do we deal with the mentality? That's really what we're talking and the And the culture. It's the culture, too. You know, we definitely have a culture of this, you know, hyper-masculinity and, um, you know, the, the rape culture as well. I mean, you think about all the things that have been going on in the, in the universities and the schools in regards to sexual assault, assault that's been going on in California. I know that there was legislation passed defining what is consent Correct. as it relates to those issues. Um, you and know, there are many colleges that are, like, giving you this very explicit checklist that you've got to go through and words that you have to say before you engage in sexual relations. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, I mean... These things are happening well before people are getting into the workplace, you know. And um, you know, our our youth mirror what it is that they see that their parents do, or that they see adults do, or that they see on and, yeah. you know on the news and in the media and in these you know movies and stuff. But don't you think that Zaylor, that's also about calling bros out? I mean, I mean, we're very stereotypical because women engage in sexual harassment of men. That happens to some degree. Correct. But mainly, it's about men sexually harassing women. Yes. Um, and. You know, it's a culture of men tolerating it with each other. Yep. And and that's the important part about the Me Too campaign, I think, is that um, it's not only women 
speaking up in regard to their experiences as it relates to this and and you know for men out there that don't think that they know any woman that that's had this happen to them i recommend that they ask their their wives i ask that, that they ask their aunts their grandmothers or their daughters or their daughters they're gonna i think they'll be you know shockingly surprised in regards to how often this type of stuff happens out even outside of the workplace you know um cat calling and all those different types so, of things it, it it's it's constant and it's habitual and and it's a societal cultural thing that then permeates into the workplace and people aren't able to separate the difference and understand that there are laws that protect people in the workplace from conduct that you can engage in outside of the workplace and may not necessarily arise to something that's criminal. Chris, do you have anything else that you want to ask or say? Uh, no, that was about it. But yeah, thank you. Like I said, again, for addressing the issue and, um, and, uh, and being on the forefront of it. It's really appreciated, and I think that everyone needs to hear and have this conversation a little bit more. Okay, well, thanks. Thank you for calling, and thanks for that comment. We're thanks taking, for calling in, Chris. We're taking calls at 952-946-6205. We've got about another five minutes with Zaylor, so if you want to call and ask Zaylor a question, now is the time to do it. Before we got those callers, Zaylor, we were starting to talk about forgiveness. Ah, forgiveness. So, you know, I do a lot of training on human inclusivity, and part of it is about allyship in the workplace, and I do cover the concepts, and they are concepts of, mm-hmm. of, um, of apologies and forgiveness. And I think that for most people, apologies are a whole lot easier than forgiveness. Yeah. And, and the forgiveness part is crucial in order for everybody to be able to move on from the situation. And that's, yes, everybody in the workplace. Everybody in the workplace, because that's the, that's the interesting thing with sexual harassment. It ends up being so toxic that it can impact everybody else around right. and not just those two people that were involved. And so the forgiveness part is important as well. And yes, you know, the, the person who brought the complaint forward that may have had their, their complaint validated and received, a, received an apology or, you know, the alleged harasser was, you know, disciplined in compliance with the company's policies and procedures. Once that's done, it's water under the bridge. And if they're still working there at the company and, and they still need to interact with you in order to be able to get the job done, then you need to be able to do that as well. And, and so that's, that's where the forgiveness part comes in because you can't hold that grudge you know, forever and hold it against them because sometimes victims are like, you know, I want them fired. And if they don't get fired, that's not going to be enough for me. But, um, you know. Well, and, and I use the word survivor rather than victim because mm-hmm. a lot of women don't want to be considered a victim. Mm-hmm. That would include me. But what if they can't get past it and, you know, the survivor is still having a difficult time forgiving? Do you think that the employer has an obligation to provide like counseling? Or coaching for the survivor? Um, there's all kinds of options that are available, um, including, um, you know, making sure that the two parties don't have to, you know, work with each other moving forward. But it, it's it's the employer has to be careful in regard to that because there are certain things that if, if the employer were to um, move the the um, survivor to a different area, then that could be viewed as retaliation. Absolutely. You know? Right. So the employer is put in this in this difficult situation where they want to be able to do everything to make the, the survivor feel comfortable moving forward, but then they don't want to take action that could be viewed as retaliatory against them. So sometimes, um, you know, if the, if the survivor brings forward, you know, options that are available or these are options that they would consider, then that provides the employer the opportunity to do different things as opposed to it being um, an option that's brought forward by them, especially if it's moving people to different locations, which many employers do, you know, based on the, based on the severity of the circumstance, they, if they don't fire somebody, they may move them to a different location or have them on a different schedule. So they don't have to interact with each other moving forward. You know, my experience is, is that this is an area fraught with fear, Mm -hmm. fear for the um, person who's the survivor of the sexual uh, misconduct Fear for, of course, the perpetrator. A lot of fear for the employer because they're worried they're going to get sued one way or the other, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, and I think just as our last caller uh, asked, it's really about changing the culture. Yeah. And I do think it's about bros saying, "Hey, that ain't cool. You got to quit that." Right. Because there are a lot of men that'll listen to other men. Absolutely. They will. And so there you go. That's a big stereotype as well. I paint with broad brushes. <laughs> so, Zaylor, before we go, um, you've got a book. You're writing a book. Is that correct? I am writing tell, a book. Tell us. You have about uh, 50 seconds. Tell us about that. 
so the title of the book is Our Gay History in 50 States, and um, the focus is to highlight the most significant people, places, and events that have taken place on a state-by-state basis as it relates to LGBT history. Um, you know, it, and the, and the in focus... some states, that's going to be a whole lot easier than others to get that information. True, but I mean, even in the research that's been done so far, I mean, there's, you know, all these states and it, there's just so much rich history there in regards to folks and where folks came from. And um, I think it's going to be uh, an exciting project to work on. It's going to be published later on this year. There'll be a crowdfunding campaign coming out during uh, Pride Month, so keep an eye out for that. Um, I just launched a Facebook page for it today, so if you give us the title of the book again, "Our Gay History in Fifty States," and they can find it on Facebook. Yes, they can. All right. Well, Zaylor, we've been having a really great time having you here. This is um, we've been speaking with Zaylor Stout about uh, workplace sexual harassment. Zaylor has his own uh, law firm, Zaylor Stout and Associates, in Minneapolis. Zaylor, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Ellie. All right, when we come back, I'll do my Human is Human segment. Thanks. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for The Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, The Matt McNeil Show, and on email, comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM950. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. One Voice Mixed Chorus, Minnesota's LGBTA chorus, returns to the Ordway Concert Hall for Sanctuary, an unforgettable evening of choral music celebrating the music of immigrants who make Minnesota home, including Scandinavian, German, Irish, Mexican, Hmong, and Somali. One Voice will also perform You Will Be Found for Broadway's Dear Evan Hansen and I Come From Good People. That's at the Ordway Concert Hall Friday, January 19th and Sunday, January 21st. Call 651-224-4222 or check out onevoicemn.org for tickets today. Sex trafficking, including men paying to have sex with underage teen girls, often spikes around big sporting events. With the Super Bowl just a few weeks away, what is being done to stop sex trafficking in Minnesota? Listen to a discussion with law enforcement and sex trafficking survivors this Monday at 8 p.m. on AM 950 Radio. You'll be shocked by the stories, but given hope by what is being done to make change. That's this Monday at 8 p.m. on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, friends. I've been talking to you about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens, Minnesota's first green cemetery dedicated to celebrating life and protecting our environment. One of the many wonderful things they have is something called the living urn. Ashes are buried in an urn with seedlings ultimately coming back to life as a glorious tree. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Why don't you log on to the website mngreengraves.com. Learn more about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. See if it might be something that's meaningful for you. And we are back. That was that was a great series of segments with Zaylor Stout and about uh, workplace sexual harassment. It is a topic that we're going to continue to hear a lot about as we go forward. And I really appreciated the callers who called in. Thanks so very much. I love doing live radio. I don't get to do it nearly enough. And the value of having a live show is that I can respond... Um, or comment on current events and avoid the staleness of taped shows. And so uh, I cannot ignore what's been going on this week. 
uh, relative to the president's comments about um, S-hole, I don't like to say the whole word, S-hole countries in Africa, and about keeping uh, Haitians out, and of course what happened with the Salvadorans uh, this week about losing their protected status. We've heard there have been a lot of commentators who have chimed in on this, but there was a very, very nuanced as well as emotional response by Anderson Cooper on Anderson Cooper 360 on January 11th. And if you have not seen it, it's a a two-and-a-half-minute clip, please go and Google it, Anderson Cooper 360, January 11th, um, his commentary about Haitians, you know, and... Uh, and what Anderson started out by saying is that the president's words were not, we need to just, we need to stop debating whether they were racist or not. Anderson said, quote, they're not racial, not racially charged. They are racist. The sentiment that the president expressed today is a racist sentiment. And he started out the piece by talking about the fact that when he was Um, a student in private school, he was taught math by a Haitian immigrant by the name of Yves Vallel, who later on went, returned to Haiti. Um, uh, Yves uh, Vallel was also an attorney, and he uh, at first counseled uh, the Haitian government when he returned after being a teacher in New York City. And then later he ran for president. And when he ran for president, He was assassinated in Haiti. It's a country with a lot of violence, yes. And then Cooper, um, in his piece on January 11th, goes on to speak about how he had visited Haiti in the 1990s. And then, um, as a correspondent for CNN News, he was there for a whole month after the 2010 earthquake that devastated the country, killed maybe as many as 300,000 people. They're not entirely sure about that. But Cooper, in his piece, talks about coming to understand and know Haitians. And this is incredibly important because it's about what happens when we get to know people. So I'm going to read some excerpts of what what Cooper said. And he started out by talking that Haitians slap your hand hard when they shake it. They look you in the eye. They don't blink. And then he went on to say that, quote, I've never met a Haitian who isn't strong, unquote. He said that you have to be strong living um, with the governments that abandon their people and Mother Nature punishing Haiti the way that it does more than almost any other place on the earth. And he went on to say that the people of Haiti have been able to withstand so much more that they fought back injustice on such a greater scale. Um, And the quote exactly is this, let me be clear. The people of Haiti have been through more, withstood more, fought back against more injustice than our president ever has. And as Anderson Cooper said those words, he started to choke up. He started to, he started to become quite emotional. And then he talked about being in Haiti in the aftermath of the earthquake and speaking about watching them pull survivors. And he talked specifically about a five-year-old boy who was rescued after seven days. And then he said, quote, do you know what kind of strength it takes to survive on rainwater for seven days, unquote? And so, you know, the, the whole gist of what Cooper said in this two-and-a-half-minute segment, and again, go see it, pull it up on your computer, and watch it. Because in those two-and-a-half minutes, he packs a whole lot into it about humanity and about all kinds of things that we as Americans value in other people. We value grit. We value resiliency. We value honesty and hard work. We value sticking in. And the Haitian people have that. 
And he ended his piece by, Cooper ended his piece by saying this, quote, they stand tall and they have dignity. It's a dignity that many in this White House could learn from. It's a dignity the president, with all his money and all his power, could learn from as well. You know, we in America, many of us, were appalled this week. It was one more strike at our heart, one more strike at our Constitution, another strike at our spirit, because our American ideals are to take people as they are, to value them for how they show up in our world. And Haitians show up with a vigor. Anderson's um, piece demonstrates what I call allyship. You know, where you not only have a status that you're an ally for somebody, but that you actually speak up for them. And his words also demonstrated the power of familiarity, that when we become familiar with other people, with people who are quote-unquote other, it actually does bring us closer together. And as I have said so many times, that it is familiarity that is the pathway past racism, past ignorance, past the labeling, the demeaning words, the stuff that cuts at our heart every time we hear it. I, I am so sad for our country. But I do believe that many of us are, are being readied, that we are being fueled to stand up more, to speak out more than what we had been doing. And perhaps that is a good um, result. If you want to read more, there's a piece by Roxane Gay in the New York Times in, uh, that's dated January 12th, dated, No One is Coming to Save Us from Trump's Racism. The only people that are going to save us from that racism is us. And the only way we're going to do that is by speaking up. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, with Hidden Edges Radio. I hope what you, you like what you hear. If you do, email me. I'd love to hear from you at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com or visit my website at elliekrug.com. A big shout-out to our producer, who happens to be today. It is Eric. Eric Nelson. Thank you, Eric. Um, when, you come, when you listen to me next week, I'll have another show. Thanks so very much. Bye-bye.